passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 22. We are calling this one Fish Fry. It's Season 1, Episode 22, part of what we always told you from the start of this podcast that we're going to introduce you and keep you informed on the up-and-comers. Well, we're keeping our promise. This week, we talked to Tennessee Smokies pitcher Max Bain. My next guest on Fly the W, pitcher for the Tennessee Smokies, we have Max Bain. How you doing, Max? I'm doing well, Crawley. Thank you for having me on today. I'm happy to be here. Uh, glad to have you. Uh, you have you're an interesting pitcher. Your your backstory. Some people know it. Some people didn't. Uh, you're from Michigan, right? And yes, sir. Uh, you pitched for Northwood University in Michigan. You were undrafted, uh, and you caught the attention of the Cubs. Correct. I was I was actually part of the 2019 class, which was the last 40 round draft. Ah, okay. uh, uh, wasn't selected in there. Played indie ball for the summer of 2019. Uh, trained on my own for that winter, uh, revamped a lot of things going on in my life. Uh, got, I got into pretty good physical shape and, uh, signed in January of 2020, right before, right before the pandemic hit. Uh, unbelievable. So there was a point you're saying you're playing independent ball. You're, you know, you're not drafted and stuff like that. Was there a point where you said, you know, maybe baseball's not for me. Maybe I'll try something else. Um, no, I think it was more so. Uh, I had that. So when I finished up indie ball, uh, I was about 285, 290 pounds, roughly. It was more so the conversation was more so like, what am I going to do? That's going to make me stand out to sign. Right. Cause you're an indie ball and everybody's trying to get signed. So you have to be special. Like if you're going to be on that field and you're going to be, uh, you're going to be the guy that the scout notices, you got to be doing something special that nobody else is doing. So I was kind of more so looking at, what am I going to do to make, you know, to make myself stand out? And uh, ultimately I landed on the fact that I needed to throw a lot harder and went from a guy that was able to touch 91 to uh, a guy that was able to show 97. And that's when I signed. Great. And so the Cubs send you out, to, it looks like they're going to send you out to that ACL league in Arizona, but mm-hmm. that's not exactly what happened. Uh, you opened some eyes with your side session when you were there. Did you see the reaction from the different uh, scouts and analysts kind of looking at what you were doing? And they, they kind of had a different plan for you then, right? Uh, a little bit. I think, in, I think in 2020, I still wasn't my best self. So I still signed at about 265 pounds, and I was still a little bit on the heavier side. Uh, but I definitely showed promise. You know, I had a good curveball, fastball, a good life to it. Um, but I came home for that summer of 2020, and I really just challenged myself to be the best athlete I could be. And I showed up in 2021 uh, weighing about 235 pounds. Um, and it was just, I think I've told people before, that's the most fun I've ever had pitching those, 
those four or five weeks, that's the most fun I've ever had pitching. And I was, I lit it up, man. Like I was, I was 97, 99, good curveball. Um, you know, I was just having fun with it. I was completely confident in all my stuff and it was, it, it was a ton of fun. Gotta tell you, it had to have been interesting to see you on pitching Ninja. Like when all of a sudden pitching Ninja notices you, that yep. had to be exciting. And so did, what was the fallout from that when, when once you were on uh, pitching Ninja? Uh, well, Rob's my buddy. I, I love Rob. And uh, so he, he helped me out in the whole signing period. That's uh, he, you know, I kept sending him videos and whatnot and kept tagging him and stuff. And for him to finally retweet, it was really cool. So him and I kind of got to talking and then uh, you develop a relationship through, through the years. And uh, he kept asking me, like, when I finally got assigned to an affiliate. So I went over to uh, I went up to high A South Bend. He, he kept asking me, he's like, Hey, you got anything for me? You got anything for me? And I kept waiting until I knew I had something that was going to kind of like stick out. Uh, and I had a, I had a change up where, um, the guy threw, uh, he like swung and on the backswing, he threw his bat to the backstop. Like he, <laughs> he let go of it. Uh, so I sent him that. And then that video ended up on his Twitter feed, uh, which was, 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 uh, really cool. The one thing though that interests me about you is that there are, you have kind of two different schools. I don't I want to say two different schools of thought, but you have these guys, like I think of the John Lester or the John Lackey type, just give me the ball and I'm going to throw it as hard. You know, I know what I'm doing this and that. And then you have other pitchers that are kind of a little bit more analytical and like to use data. And it seems like that's what you do. You use a data driven approach to how you, how you pitch. Yes. Yeah. And I think there's a little bit of room for both. So when I came into the org, I was super heavy on the data side. Everything was numbers. It was all black and white and whatnot, but kind of, kind of what I'm learning and especially like learning from the other guys that I've played with and having so many different teammates is that there's a hundred percent of balance between the two uh, to be had. So I, I think the data stuff is great for developing stuff and being able to look at hitters um, in a very black and white sense. But I think having the time to watch the hitters as much as we do playing them so often I think you, I, I think there's something to be gained from that too, more so than just looking at the numbers. When you, when you do talk about the numbers though, and you talk about driveline, you were there and, and, and all the stuff that the Cubs are doing with the pitch lab and Repsoto and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. How did that affect what you did? Um, when I, uh, when I first got introduced to all that stuff, I just tried to immerse myself in it. So I try to make myself the best on paper that I could make myself. Um, the pitch lab is a ton of fun. There, there's a ton of technology in there and there's a ton to be learned from every pitch you throw in there. So uh, that was a ton of, you know, every opportunity to throw in there is, is a lot of fun. It's very uh, insightful into, into who you are as a pitcher. And then, you know, having the chance to train at driveline uh, and do some PD sessions there and do the biomechanics lab and whatnot. Um, I mean, that's a, ton of fun as, that's a ton of fun as well, because those are, that's a third party. Those, that's what they're paid to do is, is simply work with pitchers and try to get the best stuff that they can using their technology. That, that that's all they work with. Um, so having the opportunity to work with them as well was, was a lot of fun and just being able to meet guys from, I mean, when we were, when my buddy Trey and I were training there, shout out to Trey, just signed with the Orioles. Um, uh, love that kid to death. I mean, we went cross country together, but when Trey and I were training there, we get to meet people from all different sites, all different orgs. You know, Matt Boyd was up there. Who's now I think with the Mariners. Uh, uh, oh my gosh. Dylan Tate was up there. Um, so getting able to being able to meet these guys uh, from different orgs who have different stories and different perspectives and whatnot, and just be able to learn from them is really, really special. Yeah. And, and 
You know, the first great Cubs team that we saw, that 2016, 2015 team, we followed them from the minor leaguers, and I could name you 20 hitters off the top of my head, but the yep. one thing I couldn't do is I could not name you pitchers because they really didn't develop. Rob Zastrinsky was a guy that kind of yeah. did there, but, but there was, it wasn't like it is now. What do you think has changed in the Cubs pitching development? It's Craig Breslow and those guys. What do you think that they're doing now, whether it's scouting or drafting or developing talent? Because now I'm sitting here and I can name 10, 15, 20 minor league pitchers off the top of my head that I'm like, oh, I'm excited about Daniel Palencia. I'm, I'm excited about Cole Franklin. I'm excited about yep. Max. You just go down DJ Hurts. You go down the list. There's a ton. What yep. do you think the real difference is as far as, or why do you think the Cubs seem to be kind of getting more successful in the development of pitching? I think that they're going to every expense to give us every tool that we need to be successful. Uh, and they're in, in doing so they're instilling a lot of confidence in us. Um, I tell you what, man, the depth, the depth right now is, is pretty insane. I, you know, just looking at the pictures on every roster, there are, I mean, there, there are tons of guys on every roster we have right now that are probably going to get big league time. And that is really special. Um, seeing, you know, just being able to be around the Smokies uh, staff right now, the guys that we have coming out of our bullpen right now, our starting rotation. Um, I mean, we've kind of been nails. Like, I, I don't want to jinx it, but like, it's been it's been really fun to be part of and we're winning a lot of baseball games which is which is a lot of fun you know i know um myrtle won the first half and and south bend's been dominating all year and, and i think here in tennessee we got a pretty good shot to be in the playoffs and i don't think that i don't think that that happens without um both sides uh, both sides of the baseball being um you know having so much depth you know um so it, it's just been a ton of fun Last time I saw you was out in South Bend and I was throwing the first pitch. It was a very cold opening weekend. Yep. It, was, it was a Saturday. You gave me some good advice. I, I didn't bounce it in. So I'm proud of myself, <laughs> but I've never been to Tennessee. And so if you, if, if for the listeners out here who've never been to see the Tennessee Smokies, what other, obviously I would love to come see you again in Tennessee. Who do you think that, you know, for fans, if you were to say like, Hey, come to Tennessee, you got to see this guy or this guy, hmm. who are some guys that kind of blow your mind when you're sitting in the dugout you're talking about watching hitters and stuff like that. Who, who, who kind of is, is, is someone that you would recommend your friend come to Tennessee and check out? Well, uh, okay. Uh, right now it's the combination of Jonathan Perlaza and Alexander Canario. Uh, those two guys every day, they're doing something special. Um, I would have told you, I would have told you Matt Mervis while he was here, but his stay was only like six weeks. Uh, um, but, but watching, uh, watching Canario and, and Perlaza play the way that they do every day and the amount of energy they bring and, and how good they are for the clubhouse. Like those guys are, those guys are special, man. And, and, you know, we just got, uh, we just, we just got Ben Hecht from, uh, Tommy John rehab and he's one of my best friends. And first thing I told him, I was like, Hey, wait until you see Canario get into a baseball. <laughs> and sure enough, sure enough, like maybe two days later, I think he hit one over the scoreboard at Smokey stadium. And it's just like, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous, man. Those guys are, those guys are insanely special, but you know, I think you can go top to bottom and say that there's talent, you know, every, every position, you know, uh, Chase Strumpf has been lighting it up this year. Uh, that's no secret. You know, Bryce is fun to watch behind the plate. You got starters all over the place that are pitching well. I mean, we've been cycling through because it's been so, I mean, it's been so talented. You know, you started the year with 
Javier Saad, Cam Sanders, and they're now gone. But now you have Wicks and hers, and and they're you know they're starting to find their stride here. And um, it, it's just it's special, man. It's 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 a really special team. You you talked about Wicks and hers who've just been uh, promoted recently to from South Bend to uh, Tennessee. What was that experience like for you? If we go to, for some single A to double A, what were some of the challenges that you kind of faced as you made that next progression up? Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus well, the first challenge I faced is I got the phone call. I was promoted on Monday night uh, at about 1130 uh, Eastern time. And I was back home in Michigan with my girlfriend for the off day. Um, so the first challenge was getting back to South Bend, which was a nice three and a half hour drive. Slept for about three hours, uh, got up, packed all my stuff and got on the road and hit, did the eight hour drive to Tennessee. So the first challenge is make it to game time on Tuesday. Um, um, but I, but in all seriousness, I think, uh, the challenges that I've faced, um, have been more so just, just trusting my stuff, right. Not trying to be a different pitcher, uh, just because I'm in a different league. You know, I think, I think my manager said it best, uh, when I was kind of struggling out, uh, struggling a little bit out the gate was I was trying to make, uh, I was trying to adjust to the league rather than trying to have the league adjust to me. Um, and I, and I think the more I continue to have the league adjust to me, uh, I think the more success I'm going to have. Nice. And, and, and it's the thing I love about this team, and it reminds me of the, the old, the last great Cubs team is there's a camaraderie. Who do you like to watch? Like kind of still keep your eye on, on the different affiliate level with the Cubs. Um, see, that's, that's a hard question to pinpoint one guy. Cause I like, yeah, you can name I as many just, as you want. Who are you yeah, watching? Who are you, you watching? Know, I like to watch the guys that we send up. So anytime we got, anytime we can get a big league game on, uh, uh, on in the clubhouse, it's, you know, Hey, is Hughes pitching? Is Nelly playing? Uh, is Morel playing today? Is SB is SB starting this one? You know, so watching the guys that we've sent up um, to the big leagues this year has been a ton of fun. Um, seeing, you know, Eric, uh, Eric Yulman was a guy I play catch with often in spring training. So being able to see, like being able to catch his stuff in spring and then see that come to like, see that on TV and in big league games has been a lot of fun. I'm very, very happy for Eric. Um, but even, you know, the guys that we've sent up recently, Padilla, Nick Padilla was my roommate. Uh, Blake Whitney is a guy that I played with last year and this year. Um, and even keeping eyes on, on some of the guys uh, that are working their way through the lower levels. You know, I still talk to Porter Hodge once in a while. I talked to, um, I talked to PCA here and there. I, I made sure I talked to Ed when, when everything happened, cause that kid was finding his stride and just one, one, you know, scary thing. And that's his year, you know, that I, I don't have, I can't tell you how much respect I have for that kid. 
Um, so I, I do my best in trying to keep keep tabs on everybody, to be honest. That's awesome. Yeah, as a Chicago guy, we always had a close connection. Obviously, uh, that injury that you were talking about with the Jackie Robinson, Little League West and stuff, that was devastating. But Ed Howard's a tough kid, and he's going to come back strong. Oh, There's yeah. no doubt about that. Absolutely. Now, you also got into the social media game uh, as far as your own podcast, The Bane Campaign. How did that all come about? Yeah, um, so middle to end of last year, um, I got a text from Brian Smith uh, over at Bleacher Nation, and he told me he had this idea that he wanted to do. Uh, he thought it'd be a really good idea for content that winter um, because I was looking for a different way to do things. You know, I had done the vlog the year before, uh, but I didn't really have the pro guys around me in Michigan to be able to do that, or at least where I was training. I think they're, they are there. They just, they just weren't where I was. Um, so I was looking for a different way to do content and we landed on the podcast and, and Brian had this idea to, to cover, um, all of my starts and whatnot to kind of go through them and dissect them, rewatch them. What did I learned from this one? What did I, what I think I did well, what I think I did bad, um, stuff like that. Uh, and I got a very similar idea for my other co-host, Chris McLean, and they were like two weeks apart. So I'm, I'm, you know, uh, dissecting this idea, if you will, and trying to understand if it's something I want to do or evaluate if it's, um, something I can do. And I think what we landed on was trying to make it more so about, uh, I, I wanted to make it a platform to where I could interview the guys that had had big impacts on my, uh, on my season. Um, and we were able to do that. So, uh, you know, we just kind of went ahead first, to be honest, you know, I had, I had Aiden McIntyre and Rio Gomez on first, and those were the guys that I lived with in Arizona right before the season. Uh, and from there it just kind of took off every week. It was okay. Who are we going to have on this week? And who can we check off our list? Cause we, I think we had a list of like 10, 12 guys. And then we ended up interviewing like seven or eight guys off of that list because you have to audible and, and just kind of make things work. But it was a really, really successful first season, and I'm excited for season two, honestly. And when does season two start up? It'll be in the off season. I don't know that I have a firm uh, firm release date yet. A lot of things are pending. Uh, you know, the Arizona Fall League is coming up, so if I'm part of that, then that, that makes uh, – that forces an adjustment, and who knows. So, And then I could meet somebody there, and then you have more guests. And uh, so it, it'll definitely be this winter. I try not to record in season. Um, but yeah. Now I got to Obviously your immediate future goal is to pitch at Wrigley field. No doubt about yep. that. Absolutely. But have you ever kind of kicked around that? Like, Hey, you know, in the future, I may be into kind of the broadcast kind of stuff or, you know, being somebody that did kind of go through all the stuff that you did with, uh, with the pitch lab and, and driveline and stuff like that. Do you see yourself potentially in the future being like, Hey, you know, you know, maybe I get a couple of years, maybe I have a long career, but when it's done, maybe I want to coach. Cause I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I think, uh, you know, it's funny as of late, I've kind of had this realization of what my dream job after baseball is. And is I want to coach, I want to coach at my alma mater. I want to coach at Northwood little, right. little D2 school. I kind of want to be off the map. I just want to be, I want to kind of go do my own thing. Uh, and I, and I think I'd really, really enjoy that. That's awesome. And, you know, I've, I've known a lot of players that have done that, gone back to all, uh, Darwin Barney's another one of them and, and, yeah. and those, those kind of guys. And that, that, that's, that's really cool. But, Thank uh, you. have you ever been to Wrigley field? I have, I have on a couple separate occasions. Um, there was one time there's just this past winter, uh, my girlfriend and I, my, Madison. So Madison and I were headed down to, uh, Effingham, Illinois 
uh, for New Year's Eve because uh, my buddy Ben Hecht, who I mentioned earlier, uh, was getting married. And we decided to make it like a little three-day, four-day trip. So we went to Chicago for the first three days. And I was like, oh, I definitely got to show her Wrigley. I, I'd already been to a game there, but I wanted to show her Wrigley. wanted to show her Wrigleyville and um, just kind of show her what it was all about, you know. And they happened to be doing some like winter wonderland thing. The Chris Kindle Mart. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're up there and I was like, you know, I got to ask this guy, I like, I got to ask security guy if I can just go in, like just tell him that I'm part of the team. I just want to show, be able to show her the inside of Wrigley field. And, um, there was zero chance that that guy was going to let me in, <laughs> but you don't know unless you ask. Uh, Max, next time you, you do, do email me and I will make sure I, I know the head of security over there. We'll get you in, but uh, I appreciate that. It, it's 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 a it's a great place to be around. That Chris Kindle Mart's a lot of fun, and then you have all the bars with the with the Christmas pop ups, and it's a blast. Absolutely. But you know, man, you're working so hard, and and, and you know we are rooting for you all Thank the you. way. And I promise you that the day you make your premiere at Wrigley, I'm going to be there cheering you on real loud. You'll hear me. Trust me. I'm loud, but I appreciate uh, that. I look forward to seeing you in Arizona and maybe if I can get down this year, Tennessee, if not, then I'll catch you at AAA. Sounds like a plan to me, man. I appreciate that. You take care and best of luck to you. All right, Max. Yes, sir. We'll talk soon. Thank you again. Thank you. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.